Reading is taken from 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning to read at verse 12, on page 1153 in the Church Bibles. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, and so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to invite uh, Libby up to bring us up today's talk. Uh, 
Can I pray for you? Thank thank you, Lord, for um, Libby's boldness to speak to us today using what Jenny has prepared. I pray that through her you would speak your words into our hearts and minds. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Well, it was sometime Saturday morning while I was in town that Rachel, uh, that um, Jenny rang and told John that he, she was going to ask me to do this. And her request was that I would use her notes and to read it. But she brought them round just after she had, just before she went to see David, and she said, Libby, I don't mind if you tweak it a bit. Um, I would like you to keep the illustrations that I've put in, but just make yourself feel comfortable. So here I am in Jenny's shoes that actually don't fit me because we're different shoe size. And I spent yesterday afternoon stretching the shoes so that they would feel comfortable. So you've got a bit of, well, you've got a lot of Jenny, you've got a bit of me, but you've got a whole bunch of the Holy Spirit because there's been a lot of praying going on about this. There was a little girl that came home from school crying and she was heartbroken and her mother calmed her down and she said, what has happened? And she said, my very bestest friend has been chosen to have the leading role in the school play and I've only got a little part and it's nothing. And her mummy said to her, look at this and she took off her watch and she put it into the little girl's palm and she said what do you see and she said I see a gold watch with a white face and numbers and hands that show you the time and her mummy said yes that's quite right then she took the watch back and she turned it over and she took the back off and she said now what do you see And she said, I see lots and lots of wheels. And her mummy said to her, yes, that's right. And there are lots of wheels you can't see. And even the tiniest little wheels that are right at the back that you can't see are so important that if one of those tiny wheels stopped working, the watch wouldn't work. And this is how we're going to go down this route now of looking at the gifts of the Spirit because so often we think, well, that's more important than that. And we're going to discover that everyone is important. We will be singing later a song that Jenny has chosen, The King is Among Us. And one of the lines says, For no one is worthless and each one is called. You see, the church is not like a club. There are many similarities, but we have one unique thing. We have Jesus. We don't pay a yearly subscription to be a member of this body, but we do need to have invited Jesus Christ into our lives as Lord and Savior. For it is only then... We are vitally joined together and the same life flowing through each of us like a human body has Jesus at the head. We're all called to respond and it is a given gift that helps the team 
with, to be the body of Christ in Christ church and beyond. And you know, we can't function properly without your gift. The purpose of the gifts is to build up the body so that we can fulfill our calling, reaching Jesus for the world. Isn't it amazing that we are all made in God's image, but we are all so divisive. Uh, so, so, di- <laughs> no, I didn't mean that word. <laughs> Stick to the script. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we are all made in God's image? Each one of us is a masterpiece. There is so much diversity among us. We're not meant to be clones. We're meant to be different and have different ideas, different ways of doing things, different ways of worshipping, clapping, singing, hands in the air, waving flags, dancing, all different. And we're all unique. And we represent our Heavenly Father, formed by him, so that we can join together, that if one suffers, we feel it, and if one is honoured, we rejoice. As the Holy Spirit chose our particular gift, so he chooses where we fit in and where we are all of equal importance. Let's look at the passage today. Verses 14 to 20 are addressed to those who felt their gifts were inferior and unimportant. The more spectacular gifts had been glorified in the Corinthian church, making those who didn't have them feel inferior. In verses 21 to 26, we addressed those who felt their gifts were superior and more important. Paul says that those who are weaker and who seem to have less important functions are in fact indispensable and worthy of honour, like the little cog in the watch. There are at least 22 spiritual gifts and every Christian has more than one of them. We each have our main gift, but we may be given others on occasions when we need it. This is Jenny speaking. My experience of this is the gifts of healing. Soon after I had heard that God still heals today, David went down with flu and was lying on his bed, glad that he hadn't got to get up and go to work. It was before he'd been called into the ministry. (laughs) And he snuggled down in bed, looking forward to being cared for by Jenny and actually enjoying it. I got the children together and said, do you believe that Jesus heals today? Yes, they said. Do you think that Jesus wants Daddy to be ill? No, they said. (laughs) Then let's pray, said Jenny. Moments later, we heard stomp, stomp, stomp (laughs) on the stairs and David appeared saying, you rotters, you've been praying. And and as he left the house, he was muttering, flipping liberty, Life's not your own. And you know, I can just imagine him saying that. 
flipping liberty. Your life's not your own. Now, even though God used me to heal him, I don't have the gift of healing. But I did then, and I know that he would call me to have it again if it was necessary. And he would do the same for anyone else, for a particular situation in a particular time. The second time I used a gift that I don't usually have is a gift of miracles. Something that can't be explained by natural means. My only experience of this was years ago when the then vicar's wife and I went on a short journey to take a boat to her holiday home. Two strapping men fixed it to the top of the car and we drove off and went. It was only when we got there we realized we had no one to lift it off. So we prayed, asking God for supernatural strength, and we lifted the boat off the car. There is no way normally we would have been able to do that, and we both knew that God had performed a miracle. My third example is a gift of administration. This is the spiritual gift of getting a vision for a project and being able to fit it all together and get the whole plan in operation helping each person to fulfill their part in it. This is not my gift, but twice I have been given this particular gift for particular projects, the first in Mission England and the second in church planting. Fourthly, the gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Any of us can be given a gift of praying in another language and it's wonderful for praising God and interceding for others when we don't know their actual needs. We can pray in the language God has given us and know the Spirit is praying through us. But the gift of tongues mentioned here is different. It's when God gives a message to be spoken out in public in another language and need someone to interpret it. And here I give an example of what happened to us. Many years ago, John and I were in a position where we felt God was telling us to sell our house and move to another part of the country to work. And we did everything in our power to sell God everything. We've, we've done everything. Why? And as I arrived at the farmhouse where we were having home group, we sang a couple of songs out of mission praise. And then there was a tongue. And the man in charge said, we won't go any further until we've had the interpretation. And we sat in silence and waited. And suddenly one person said, the delay is for your protection. And I knew that it was for us. And that God was stopping us from making a very, very terrible mistake. I was in Harrogate once listening to Jackie Pullinger. And she had three ex-drug addicts on the platform with her. And right at the end of the meeting, one of them said, I think God's got a message. He said that to Jackie Pullinger in Chinese. And then he spoke in English and he said... He gave the message and we knew, my friend and I, that it was for my friend. And at the end of that meeting, we went to thank him. 
And as we stood to thank him, he didn't understand a word we were saying. He had no ability to speak English or understand it at all. But God had given him English for that particular time. Again, Jenny says, none of these are my particular gift, but all of us can be open to scripture for any gifts at any particular time. I want to say something about one gift that is vitally important and often misunderstood. And I have to say, it wasn't a word I had heard because it didn't sit comfortably, but I can now see it's the right word and I share it with you. It's the gift of helps. Now, it's often interpreted as the gift of helping or the gift of being a helper. But it actually is the gift of helps. And many people, says Jenny, think that this is cutting the grass, serving coffee, washing up, all good in themselves. But those are natural abilities that we can all do when necessary. The ministry of helps is far more than that. This spiritual gift is all about meeting others' needs. All Christians are called to help others, yet some are more clearly called and more gifted than others to do this. In Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John was with them as their helper. The Holy Spirit is called helper. And the true ministry of helps is very basic to the nature of the Holy Spirit. These with the gift tend to work behind the scenes and they take the responsibilities off the shoulders of other shoulders. They have the ability to pick up others' needs, practical or spiritual. We can see this in Pilgrim's Progress when help came to Christian when he was in the slough of despond. Spurgeon calls these qualities of someone who has effective gift in helps as this. A tender heart and really care. A quick eye to see the need. A foot to get to the needy. A quick foot to get to the needy. A loving face to cheer them and bless them. A firm foot so you will not fall yourself. A strong hand to grip the needy with. And a bent back to reach the man. Not quite sure what that last one means really. The gift of helps is an essential part of making sure everyone is cared for inside and outside the church. It is one of the most important gifts of the body of Christ yet it often goes unnoticed, like the workings in the watch. We notice those who are up front, preaching or leading, but more people are attracted to Jesus by the gift of helps than by those with the more spectacular gifts. It's not the preachers or the miracle workers or the healers that most reveal the heart of Jesus, but those who have the gift of helps. So how do we know what particular gift we have? Well, we all have at least one. <clears throat> so in discovering your spiritual gift, ask yourself, as I study the gifts, 
how the gifts operate in the Bible, do any resonate in my soul? Do I enjoy doing that? It feels right when I do it. Because that's often an indication about your spiritual gift. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What activities in your life is God blessing? What gifts do others see operating in you? Others may see a gift in us long before we see it ourselves. So, to recap, when you become a Christian, you are given at least one spiritual gift, and that gift belongs to the body of Christ. So each of us needs to know what our spiritual gift is, and also recognize it in others. We can then all work together and help the body grow to honor God and draw in non-believers. Ephesians 4 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve each other. And in 1 Peter 4 it says, as each has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then she put, a thought has just occurred to me. (laughs) With modern surgery, a human body can actually function without many of its parts. But it's not the same body. It isn't complete and whole. It can't function in exactly the same way. She asks the question, I wonder, is our church like that? Not fully functional? Living below our means and abilities? In verse 31, we are told to eagerly desire the best gifts. This is addressed to the church, not to individuals. And we need to learn to read the Bible in plural, us, rather than being people who just think about themselves. We are often too individualistic. This is a command to ask God to give gifts that edify and build us up as a church and draw others to Jesus. So what should we earnestly desire? It goes on to say, those gifts, those with gifts of evangelism. We need people with this gift to draw people into the kingdom. The gift of prophecy. Those who can hear clearly what God has to say to the church. The gifts of healing. There are so many among us that are sick, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally. And along with that gift, we know the need to know the gift of discernment. To know when God wants to heal and when his plan is to give grace through the trial. We need the gift of faith, supernatural faith. To so believe God that the whole church is empowered and can step out believing that what he says he will do, he will do. And we need to recognize all those with that wonderful gift of helps. 
that reveals the heart of Jesus to the church and the world. So let me make one more example. Have you ever flown a kite? Ask yourself, who flew the kite? If you ask the paper, the paper would say, well, I say I did. I'm what allows the wind to catch underneath and take it up into the air. The wind would say, but I did it, for I'm the one who blew the wind so it could fly. The tail would say, no, it was me that kept it from getting out of control. The string would say that it was him that held it all together. The boy who flew the kite would say, but without me, the kite couldn't fly at all. The truth is that they all had to be part of flying the kite. And none of them were more important or crucial than the other. They were all important and they all depended on the other part in order to function properly. God has placed you in this church here at Christ Church for a reason. You are an important part of this church and vital to the success or failure of the body of believers. Everyone depends on you to carry out your function here in this church and when you fail to do that, the whole body suffers. Use your gifts and talents right here and now in order for this body to fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. So I ask you once again, where do you fit in? Finally, we see that each part of the body is interconnected. If we look at verse 26, it says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. And I think we've had a living example of what has been happening. I heard an illustration once that if I bang my knee, then five members rub it better. And this is how we should be in our church. And David and Jenny have really struggled this week. And yet Jenny said to me, our home group, our church fellowship have gathered round us. We were the body of Christ to David and Jenny this week. And we have been sad with them and sad with many people that have had trouble in the church over the last 12 months. But then there have been parts when we have been very glad. And I think of Martin Goodchild out in Kenya. And we have rejoiced with him many times that God saved him from dying so he was able to go out and carry on with his work. And we rejoice with him. We are all part of one body. Paul is saying that whatever affects one part affects us all. Next week, Paul tells them that love is a skeleton. Because without the skeleton, we won't be able to at all, if properly. And he will be telling us 
that it is more important than all the gifts that every single one of us has been given. So she has written a prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, help each one of us to know the particular gift you have given us and to use it to build up the body of Christ here for your name's sake. Amen.